Hey, good evening, and welcome to a conversation with Pastor Sam. It is another Wednesday. It's the first Wednesday of a brand new month, the first Wednesday in September. So to all you September babies, let me just get it out the way now. Happy birthday. Okay. Amen. We are um, excited to have you present with us on this evening. Ari. Let us go ahead and get this, this thing uh, taken care of, those housekeeping items out of the way. Remember, we're still on a quest to get 1,000 subscribers. So right now, Emma. text, call two people. No, you know, this week I'm going to make you do three. Text and call three people that you haven't texted or called before. And ask them to join us live on YouTube or live on our Facebook channel to uh, our Facebook page, rather, to uh, join in the conversation. Remember, when you join in, that makes you a conversationalist. So as we are on this quest, get those persons to come on in the studio with us and to like, to share, and subscribe, okay? We're on our way up, but we need your help to do it. Then remember to go to our website, www.famecbrownsmills.com. Click on More, click on Shop. Go to our living stream store and copy that merch, right? You got T-shirts, long sleeves, short sleeves, masks, gaiters. We have all of those things available for you so that you can represent being a conversationalist here with us in the studio. So we would appreciate that, and I thank you in advance for your support. And then, finally, we want you to participate. So make sure you comment, make sure you ask questions, get engaged, get involved with the conversation. It just shouldn't be a three-way um, between the three of us in the studio. We need you to engage as well. So ask questions and get um, involved in this conversation so that we can engage with you. If you do not want to have your name associated with your comment or your question, then that's easy. Just give me a text at 732-723-8275. Again, that number is 732-723-8275. And you can still be a part of the conversation. We'll just keep it anonymous. All right, so we thank you so much for joining us on tonight. And we're going to go around the room. Remember, it's me, your Jesus-loving Jersey girl. Uh, the licentiate is here, and so is the pastor. And once we go around the room, let everybody say hi. We'll come back, and we're going to continue um, in this dialogue that started on Sunday about just because it's okay doesn't mean that it's all right. I sent you and ain't going to know. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> he ain't going to know how and to address this. Matter of fact, we may let him start tonight off. All right, uh, let's yes, do it. Yes, I'm, I'm going to say no to that one. Uh, but good evening, everyone. I hope everyone's He's going to say what? Uh, no, because you know why? You know, why, why how he going to... Why is it when the Did we not go over the rules before we got started about seat number three? Yeah, yes. but obviously we don't follow rules because the first lady said for introduction, and every time I start, um, every at the week. End of the day, the title of the, the, the show is A Conversation with Pastor Sam, okay, so he gets right. to dictate. I kind of thought that myself, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I could be wrong. Well, good evening, everyone. Hope everyone is staying safe from this tropical storm that's arriving right now. Uh, but it's good to see everyone. I look forward to this uh, interesting conversation and what I can contribute to the conversation because I'm sure the pastor is going to tell you why my contribution might be a little low. Um, confession is good for the soul. You can tell them yourself yeah, before I, it get to me. I did not uh, participate <laughs> in services Sunday, mm. and so I am not aware. Did he show up to the cookout? That's a problem. Of no. the, he wanted the cookout I, either? Oh, my goodness. That's everything on the line right now. I'm just saying I was. Did he call and tell anybody he wasn't going to be there? Nah, okay. He ain't talk you to know, me. 
I ain't said nothing to me either. I thought ministry yeah. was keeping in touch. It was a communication thing. Uh, so now we're if the Lord to told him not to be here, he should have told somebody else. <laughs> so now we're God gonna spoke to me today. Take this time to uh, put me on Front Street on. Uh, you on Front? Look at him. One of the checks just fell off his shirt. All that line he doing over there. Oh, really? All right. I have, I, have to say what I have to say. Thank you, Pastor Hayes. Go ahead and take it away. <laughs> Gentlemen, now for the man of the hour, Reverend Samuel Lee Hayes Jr. <laughs> he. That's what happens when you don't show up on Exactly. When you're not where you're supposed to be, there are choices and consequences. And consequences. We know this because it's been just drilled down on us. Amen. Amen. And you know what? We were going to say we're going to have a conversation tonight about one thing, but as the week went on, I was like, I don't know if it's it's going to take a little bit more prayer to uh, broach that subject because I really need to um, put it in such a way that it is going to be more discernible and understanding uh, for people. The subject was going to be, if you want to know, and I think it's pretty uh, tasty, was spiritual gold diggers. Amen. <laughs> um, but the more I looked at it, I was like, that's, that's going to run away from us. It's going to run away because uh, we're going to get up in here and, you know, seat one and two going to start pointing fingers at seat three. Seat three going to start feeling bad uh, about that's things. That's already happened right now. So I don't know what the difference would have been. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, so what we did was, you know, at the um, cookout when we were at church, a lot of folk and then, you know, having a conversation with people on the phone. And we actually put the... Uh, production from Sunday because we had difficulty in the in the studio, so instead of having it chopped up in two, we pulled it, and you know pulling it means you know now we still have a little bit more of an opportunity to um, speak to it, and folks were saying you know what that situation that we talked about that the Lord moved on mm -hmm. really was relevant and it spoke to something that was going on in their life at the time. So I think that you know what um, the it is okay, but it may not be all right subject matter is something that is worthy of dipping that toe back in again. Amen. 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 And hopefully folks have some comments that we're going to be able to um, share, lift up, and then have some dialogue and discourse. Before we do all that, we're going to go ahead and have our prayer. And after we have our prayer, we'll go back into um, the discussion. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, dear God, for another day, another day's journey and the another week god that you've kept us you've watched over us you protected us you've led us you guided us and lord we're just grateful lord we pray that we have done all things that were pleasing unto you and then dear god where we have erred forgive us dear god forgive us of our sins and forgive us of those things that we've committed by thought word deed omission or commission help us dear god to be better disciples daily as you have um as you allow us dear god as, to, to to breathe air dear god help us to be better each day and give you honor, glory, and praise. We thank you for those who are here with us right now and those who will join later. But, Lord, open up our ears to hear. Give us a heart and mind that is receptive. And help us, dear God, to receive that which is for us. These and all of the blessings we ask in the matchless name of Jesus the Christ. Let the studio and everybody say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, God. Thank Almighty God. Thank you, Almighty God. And remember, you can take this conversation wherever you go on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Level Up Radio. So y'all make sure that you get people involved and engaged in joining in the conversation. Amen. Amen. 
coming back into it, and I know normally we don't do the announcement pieces on Wednesday, but I would be remiss if I did not bring up the fact that Sunday was an incredible day. Amen. It was an incredible day for so many reasons. It was a, just a blast of emotional uh, positivity and spiritual energy to see all of the people at the church having all those smiles back on the um, church grounds, the cars back in the lots and brother Ryan out there cooking up the grill. And that brother made some, some gator meat for me. And it sure enough was good. Hey man, I really, really enjoyed that um, thing. Um, and as well, the celebration of uh, birthday wishes. So everything went very, very well. I'm truly, truly thankful for all of the outpouring of love, for the fellowship, and for the intimacy, the intimacy that we shared on Sunday. And I cannot wait until this upcoming Sunday, which will be the 5th of September, that we all go into the church and um, celebrate this togetherness in, um, in the sanctuary. Amen? Amen. And I'm just very, very grateful for Brother Keith Fuchs, who has been working tirelessly. I mean, we had to go out to the church a couple of times. Every time we go out to the church these days, guess what? He's there. Mm -hmm. He's there and he's working and he's working selflessly. Um, so mm -hmm. we're very, very grateful to him and to his entire team of people who help and assist with him. Um, the Corbins, the Qualls, I mean, everybody that's there has been mm -hmm. exceptional. So I'm getting a look right now that I'm doing too many of the announcements. So let's get into our uh, dialogue and discussion, amen, because this is not all about friendship on the day. It cannot be all about us when it's supposed to be about you. Amen. Is that the way we're doing it? The way we're doing it. That's how we're doing it. That's how we're doing it. <clears throat> All right. A couple of um, things. That, uh, the sum of life. <clears throat> and what do I mean about the sum of life? Totality of it. The totality of it. So what, what I mean, y'all throw something in there before we even go past that. I want us to be on one accord with the understanding on the sum and the totality of life. What, is, um, like, what, do, you, what do you think when you are um, looking at and discerning what that means. I mean, you're, I, I would say you're looking at your life, all the events that took place, evaluating them, um, you know, seeing where God spoke to you. Well, speak, God speaking to you in every aspect, how you learn from it, um, just evaluating each moment that has been given to you because each day you're, real, you're living life, so you really just have to have opportunity to look at exactly what's going on with yourself. Yeah. Go ahead, First Lady. Uh, I think it, it, that pretty much sums it up. I think that that's how it is. The sum of life is your the, the totality of all of your experiences, um, all of the things that you've gone through, um, good, bad, or indifferent, and uh, how you summarize it at the end of the day, right? How, how it worked out, the testimony that comes from it, the witness that comes from it. I think that is um, the sum of life for me. What we do is that, and we speak this often here, is that you have to find some ways, some different modes of operation where you exalt somebody higher than yourself. That's right. It's difficult at times because the world has taught us that, you know what, if no one is going to um, basically take care of you better than you can take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So we expend a lot of energy perfecting our own personal um, um, guidance and personal paths and personal journeys. 
everything in life is always about how do I put myself in a position of convenience? How do I make sure that I am comfortable? How do I eliminate anxiety and worry and stress and doubt? That means I have to really build on the foundation of Christ, this hedge of protection around me so that I don't have to endure what comes along storms in life without having some type of security that's going to be there to protect me. Correct? Amen. That's right. And when you're doing that and it's all pointing towards yourself, you don't really have a lot of time for other people. Mm-hmm. And we go through life believing that, you know what, the only other people that we really have to put some type of effort towards are those that are really close to us or those that we're related to. And the Bible tells us clearly that it is easy to love people who love who you. you. Right. There's no effort in that. And you know what? There's no effort in that because you're still expending all your effort on yourself. So we are going through life effortlessly mm-hmm. trying to help other people because we are throwing all of our spiritual efficiency Mm -hmm. into making sure that we are excelling, Mm -hmm. that we are being celebrated, that we are being exalted and that we are doing whatever is necessary to make ourselves what important. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And it develops into a very selfish outcome because even when you're not thinking about it, what are you doing? You're thinking Thinking about about it. it. Mm -hmm. Subconsciously you're doing things that are going to put shine on you and then every man, woman, what? For themselves. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, I've got to take care of mine and I'm going to do whatever it, I need to do. The ends justify, well, the means justify the ends. But the means have to be um, veiled, not veiled, it has to be anointed. It has to be poured into with the power in, of God. Amen. That's right. Amen. With the power of God. And once it's poured into with the power of God, then it changes things. It changes things with the concept of, and we're going to talk about, you guys can talk about the widow as well. But I want to say this, that the Bible tells us that what? Seek ye first. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And, and then all of these other things, what? Will be God. added. Mm-hmm. But when you, do we really ever find the kingdom of God? Right. We spend our life looking for what the kingdom of god that's right so all of these other things that we're trying to gain they're really not what important oh god you know what even if they are god they're not important because we need to be searching for god and then trying to find out how can we get ourselves in a position where we're not doing life all about our what selves and it has driven us as a society to be alone don't please Understand this. Before COVID came, y'all were isolated. Amen. Before COVID came, we were already being quarantined. Amen. We were already moving in this direction. This just sped up the process a little bit. I remember when everybody knew everybody, everybody in the community helped and looked out for each other. And that process, that culture, that community was dying off anyway. Right. I mean, it wasn't that they said it wasn't just the um, asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs were begin becoming extinct anyway. That's mm-hmm. right. That was just the rock that killed them off. You know, just knocked Quicker. out last straw. Uh-huh. The, the straw that brought the camels back. Mm-hmm. So I think that the COVID, when it goes to our isolation pieces, was the straw that broke this um, camels back, and it put us into a position where folk had to really wake up. That's right. You had to wake up because you had to realize. I am expending so much energy to take care of myself. And here's the outcome. I feel miserable when I get up in the morning. I'm not getting along with folk like I want to get along with people. Uh 
don't nobody love me like I desire to be loved. It seemed like I cannot engage folk without having all these agendas and deceit and arguments and confrontations that are always on the table. Mm -hmm. You need to understand that these things are, they were prevalent for a reason. When you are so into just trying to take care of your own, mm -hmm. when you're so just disciplined on making your own life comfortable, then you're not going to be able to open your eyes up to understand that there are other people out here that have needs. And some of these needs are greater than the ones that you have. Amen. And God has blessed you with a gift. Amen. And understand this, that everything God gives you, because mm -hmm. we always say what God gives to me belongs to me. That's right. Everything he gives you don't belong to you. That's right. Mm -hmm. Some of the things God gives you, he's given it to you because he knows that you're going to be able to have a big enough heart to what? Give it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Which leads over into the story about the widow and her son. She here comes Elijah. He's been out there with the crows feeding them and the waterway where he was at. It didn't dry it up. God told him, what? Get up. That's right. I want you to go over to this other area. And I've already talked to a widow and I'm going to have this widow take care of you. Right. And that was the end of that piece. So Elijah gets up because he, he, he needs sustenance and he's going out along the way. Then the widow we noticed that some of the things that we took a literary um, jump into that she put something aside before she left out that day, because the Bible tells us that she was at the gate. Right. Mm -hmm. And if she was at the gate and if God told her, as he said, he did not saying if, but when, because God told her, I was going to send you a prophet. Yes. And you needed to take care of the prophet. Mm -hmm. I don't think God outlined who this prophet was going That's to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So that means she was at the gate. What? All day. Yes, waiting. Not only waiting, but anxiously what? Taking care of everybody. Because she didn't know who it was. That's right. Didn't know who it was. Right. Uh, and trying to use your discernment. And so, you know, we know I'm just going to go ahead and do what I have to do mm, until everything was what? Gone. Uh -huh. Amen. She had nothing left. Amen. Thank it you. was all complete. At that time, she had already convinced herself that, you know what? I've done everything that God has told me to do. And I guess he sent me a lot of prophets, but you know what? At least I didn't miss it because I treated everybody with good respect, kindness, kindness, mm -hmm. some incredible love. Amen. And ain't nobody walked away from me today complaining. Mm. And that was all that at the expense of me and my son. Amen. So now let me gather up some sticks mm. and I'm going home. Yes. I'm going to go home, make me something to eat, my boy something to eat so that we can die because ain't nothing left. Then here comes old Elijah. And says to the woman, go give me some water. My Lord. Y'all, some of y'all, if you've been working half a day. Come on now. You better say it. If some of y'all, if you just showed up and was looking at other people working. Mm-hmm. I sent you. <laughs> I knew you said that. I wasn't going to say that until yeah. I turned over and looked yeah. at the way he was I, staring I, down I, my throat. I knew he was you, going to say that. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. I knew it. If y'all could have saw the way he was just uh, staring at me when yeah. I said that. Oh, if you was just a one of the numbers when the saints went marching in to work that day. But you didn't have no intention on helping out, like mm -hmm. sent you it. Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, somebody pulled your name in your car and said, you know what, I need you to to help me out. And you were like, yeah, I've been working all day long. 
uh, um, we didn't close up shop. Ain't nothing left. Elijah, you want me to go get you some water? But no. What did she do? Mm-hmm. Went and got that water. Not only went and got the water, but she hastily and um, without any type of, of grievance or, mm-hmm. you know, any type of animus, yeah. she went to go get that water. And what did Elijah see? He saw willingness in ministry. Amen. He saw, you know what? Not, not only is she going to give me this water, but she's going to do it in such a way that I'm going to be able to receive it, and that water is going to be sweet. Amen. That's going to be living sweet water. Yeah. That's not going to be no old work. She's going to go get me something that I'm going to read. Then, yeah, she, she ain't say, like, I'm on my way home. Um, I don't have no time. She ain't said none of that. You know, my kid waited for me. I got to go. So guess what yeah. he did? She's like, you know what? This got to be the woman yes. who God told me Amen. that I needed to go see. Mm-hmm. Right. Y'all need to understand, when God sends us out telling us, that we need to go and find somebody who's going to bless us. We need to be just like Elijah and we need to be just like this widow. Amen. We need to look at everybody and everybody needs to be giving us this response of love mm-hmm. to where we cannot discern who God specifically sent mm. because everybody's treating us with um, magnificence, excellence. Mm-hmm. Nobody's marginalizing us. So we're kind of confused in our discernment because we're receiving love everywhere. So he tested her. Mm-hmm. He said what? See, he gonna see how she was gonna give up. See if she would give up. Right? Oh no! He, he said, "Go get, go make go me some bread." Door. Yeah. Go make me something to eat. You see? Well, I was saying, no. What was I was saying was that God was saying, like, because I mean, you figure all day long she's waiting all day. Yeah. You know, and it's just like you don't really know, like you said, who the prophet is gonna, be, who the prophet is going to be. Yeah. And you don't have any uh, details in terms of what they're going to say to you. you right. Know, or any of those things. Right. So, you know, I think that's a part of God um, showing us as well. And we need patience, right? It's the it's the thing of stop walking out before you receive your blessing. And stop. Stop being so hasty. Stop, stop refusing so to look at people until you see the good. Amen. Until yeah. you see the good in them. Mm-hmm. Because the good is there. And that person may be the one who God is telling you to go and get. I'm going to turn this thing over y'all in a second. So he tells her. You know what? Go to your house. What are you, what are you getting ready to do? You know, I've been working all day long, and I'm going to give you this water. Mm-hmm. And then I got, you know, a little bit of olive oil mm-hmm. and uh, some flour. I'm going to go to the house with these sticks and make a fire. I'm going to make me and my boy something to eat, and then we're going to die. You cannot get no more. Um, this is the end of the story than that. Yeah. It's a wrap. What, what perplexed me, though, I have a question. Uh, what perplexes me about that? We're going to eat the bread and then we're going to die. We're going to die. But that's like, the last minute. It's not going to be immediate. It ain't going to be like poison bread. It's going to be like, that's the last. <laughs> it's going to be, all right, you know what? what I'm a, after I sit here, we're just going to look at each other because ain't nothing okay. left. Okay. And ain't nothing else in the land because it was a famine. Right. Ain't no grocery stores. Right, right. Ain't right. no place. Ain't no farms out there that you can go and get anything. Ain't nobody coming up with no free food lines. It was no rain. It was famine and everything was dried up. The water wasn't there and wasn't no food. Right. So you about to go down mm-hmm. and ain't nothing you can do about it. So she told him, I'm getting ready to do this. And at that moment, listen what he told her. Go home. Mm-hmm. Make me something to eat. Make me something. And y'all ain't eating nothing. No, you making a joke, but that's what he no, said. No, I know, I know, I know. He said, right. before you and your boy eat, feed me mm-hmm. first. Bring me something back. Right. Mm, 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 mm. Y'all out there know. 
80% um, of y'all would have cussed Elijah out. No one sitting in the room with us now would Twenty percent of y'all would have been First you talking about your corns. See, I'm, I'm losing you. control of the cat. <laughs> I, I, I'm losing, losing control of the studio. <laughs> talking about your corns and talking about how you're hurting and talking about your your, your relationships back. I'm gonna give it to y'all in a second. But ain't nowhere in the world, please believe me, <laughs> that Elijah would have gotten no cornbread from some of y'all. Oh my lord. I mean, I don't even know if there's anybody on the line with me right now that would have done that. But this widow, that her might was in the mill, was not in the might. I like that twist on Sunday. Say that again. M-I-G-H-T versus mm -hmm. M-I-T-E and then the mill. So she went home and did with his, and he said, listen, if you do this, it ain't never going to dry up. It's always going to be there. And you're always going to have something. And he said this, and this is what was particular. He said, until the rains come. My Lord. So God is just not going to just give you and you ain't got to work no more for nothing. That's right. Because when the rain come again, you got to get back out there and do your thing. Doing it, right? He said, but until the rain come, I'm going to take care of you if you do this service. So she did exactly that. And then the Bible changed its story because at first she said it was just her and her son. And then once the meal did not run out, she said her and her family. Mm -hmm. Your family grow. When you got provision. Mm-hmm. That's true. Lord knows that's the truth. So that's what happened. Now, this story happened because it was okay for her because she'd been working all day long. Mm -hmm. She not only been working all day long, she had been doing exactly what she had in her heart that God had told her to do. Mm -hmm. It was okay to go home and do. She already had a plan. She had already set something to the side. This was going to be for me and my the same thing we said back in on Sunday, the same way y'all do it when y'all are part of the kitchen committee and y'all put the good macaroni and cheese over to the side and don't nobody else get any of that. And then when everybody go home, you bring out all the good food so that y'all can have it to eat. But then Elijah come into the church and say, I know y'all got that good food to the side. Bring me some of all of that before you feed yourself. Y'all have fought him right then and there. Until we cleaned up, we ain't feeding nobody else right now. And we don't have no aluminum foil and we ain't got no carryout bags. We ain't got none of these things. But you know what? Here it again, Ooh, I'm going to say that this is what this woman was dealing with. And <laughs> the food did not run out for her. It was okay for her to do what she was planning to do, but was not all right. It was not all right because she had to make sure mm -hmm. that she was doing right. exhaustively yes. what God my, my. had called her to do. To do Amen. at the expense of herself, of herself and her child. And her ch when she went out at the beginning of the day, it was not at the expense of her and her child. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, God said, now I want to make sure that you are all in, as you've been telling everybody. Yes, yes. And I want you to give me what you set to the side for yourself. What was okay for you ain't all right, because now I want that. And when you do this selfless act, then God, while you're taking care of somebody else, God has to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Never have I seen righteous that. forsaken. Right. Mm, if you do what God has told you to do, you don't have to worry about 
mm-hmm. anything in life. Amen. God will always be there, never forsake you, never leave you, and he will always do exactly what is needed to get you where you need to be. You ain't got to worry. You ain't got to fret. You ain't got to cry. You don't have to have anxiety. God will make a way out of no way. Mm-hmm. And that oil will never run dry. The Bible gives us clearly a lot of these type of examples. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pass it on. Who wants the next um, uh, piece of this? Go ahead, Lysenti. Well, I think what's a, you know profoundly important, um, Pastor, is that uh, the, the widow had the obedience, obedience of willingness, uh, in, in this particular story because I, I it is I it really is a walk out on faith that she had to just wait there for the prophet, and then also to give up every she was going to give up everything she was going to be willing to die uh, at that moment because I guess she, you know. It was, this was it. But she still went ahead anyway and did it. I think this was, I mean, I think just wrapping my mind around that is <clears throat> where sometimes we're not willing to do it because, like you said earlier, we are always looking at what's in it for us. And what is so great about this woman is that she did it because she was commanded to do so and she trusted God. And that does really, I mean, it's to me that it's so it's it's so powerful that she was willing. She knew about herself and for her child, but she still was obedient and she still was willing to do exactly what she was told to do, uh, and not about herself. And I think you know in this culture, as you and you have put it, you know you said it well in the beginning, is we are so consumed with ourselves, we don't want to look out for anybody else because we're saying to ourselves, how do we benefit from this? So. I'm not going to do something because I'm not benefiting from it. And when we start to be um, not selfish, but selfless, we really can see that God is about to move because that last part is so good that it shows the family wasn't involved when you had nothing. But even when they got something, she still fed everybody who wasn't even there with her when she was going through her own trial and tribulation. Mm. She still proved that you know what is not about me. I'm now I have abundance. I'm still going to give. When I didn't have anything, I still gave. And I'm still, that's because I know God will provide. To me, that ties all together. Regardless of her situation, she still was willing to give because she knew that's exactly what she had to do. So even when you have and when you don't have, you still have an obligation to do because that's what God wants us to do because it's not about us. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I mean. That's it's just, that's just good. Well, <clears throat> um, so I have a couple of things. Like, first of all, you talked about everything um, God gives us doesn't belong to us. I don't think that anything He gives us belongs to us, right? To include um, your it doesn't. Nothing, nothing belongs to us. Yeah, absolutely, nothing belongs to us, right? I mean, our children are just um, people that He has entrusted us with. We're just stewards over the things that God has given us right. to, um, to, um, fa- to uh, what is the word I want to use? To um, facilitate his fa- plan. Facilitate his plan and to also just to, um, to nurture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, to cultivate, to, to do whatever is necessary until such a time that it's able to, um, you know, if it's a person that is able to go off and do um, for themselves or if it's um, just anything, any item. I mean, even until it's time to just pass that item along to somebody else. Um, 
nothing we have belongs to us. And that's what I think we have to remember is that because none of this stuff belongs to us and because God has given it to us for a short time, um, that we have to uh, show him, right, to whom much is given, much is what required. Right. And that's the one thing that uh, we have to be mindful of. Uh, be faithful in the little things, and then God will give you more. Um, the widow herself and her son. But in, in reality, who, who even wants more? A lot. Of more people, is just a, lot a headache. People, a lot of people do. A lot of I people, know, but a lot of people want more, and they don't know that um, headaches come with that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's the interesting thing. It's like people look at other person's lives. And they see what they have. They look at it and say, oh, wow, they have this. They're so blessed. They have that. They're so or lucky in some some words people use. Um, They have that. I wish I had. Right. And you don't even know the struggle. You don't know the um, the sacrifice. You don't know the, um, the 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 work that went into that person getting or obtaining what they did have. So we have to be very careful, too, of when we are um, coveting what others have. Well, all of these songs and, that we have out there, my name's on it. Yeah. I mean, my name is on my blessing. Yeah, but <laughs> still, when we take that approach of uh -huh. my name is on everything, I mean, sometimes you got to peel that little tape off. Right. but I And think, let somebody else enjoy it. I think that uh, when you talk about your, your name being on your blessing, like we do agree that what God has for us is for us. Um, I do think that we are too busy trying to... Um, to to be greedy right it's for you for what purpose though right whatever purpose that is that god wills it for that's if you're willing to receive it see i that's the other thing i believe about god which is so awesome about him is that he knows what we're capable of doing um he knows who he can entrust certain things with so sometimes some of us don't have some of the things that we think we want because god knows that we're not really capable of of nurturing it and or handling it in the manner in which he um, he deems it to be handled. Um, and so that's why we haven't uh, been receptors um, or receivers of those those things. I mean, I do believe that God knows. Um, some stuff we get it, we go get it by force. We get it because we just want to have it, and we're going to do what we want to do, and that's just how that's going to go down. And then when we get it and we have so much headache attached to it and so much stress associated with it and so much trouble behind it, um, we don't ever want to attribute it to the fact that we did our own thing and we didn't, as as the licentious said, didn't do what God said do. Um, and at that point, then the onus is on who? Stop blaming God for when you get out of pocket, right? And stop blaming God for when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Why don't we, we do miss, though? Huh? Why don't you answer that? Let's let him well, answer this question. I, I, no, I wanna, it's, it's on you. Go ahead, brother. Well, first, now I forgot the question because you just told it. Go ahead and remind him, um, first lady. I, I was saying that we um, get on God after we've gotten out of pocket and done what we wanted to do, then we blame him for it. So you said, yeah, why do we do that? Yeah, so my question is, I guess it's almost like when we don't get what we want, like you just said, we, mm -hmm. we blame God. But why is it always, because you just said earlier that, you know, the pastor, you both were saying about, you know, our name is something we are. We're always asking for more. Mm -hmm. But when we don't get more, we do blame God. But if we're saying tonight that what God provides us is enough, so why are we getting angry with God? Well, because I think what ends up happening a lot of times is that we don't think it's enough, right? We, we don't look at the truth be told is that we really do have everything we need, right? We're able to, to live, move, and have our being. Um, the other things that are in addition, so 
seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. Right. Those are like benefits. Like, to me, those are perks, right? So I'm grateful for getting a lot of things that I might want. But also, um, I understand that um, God has requirements with what he's given to me. I can't just squander. Like, you gotta, we got to know who to give the praise to. We got to know to glorify God. We got to know to praise God. We got to know that um, if it came from him, that that's the, the acknowledgement that must be given, not that we did something in and of ourselves. And I think that that's where the problem comes. So why do we get upset with God when we don't get our way? We get upset with God when we don't get our way because we don't pray like Jesus taught us to pray, which is not my will, but thy will be done. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be um, more accepting of if it is not in his will for us to have it, mm-hmm. then we have to trust him enough to know that he knows what's right and what's best for us. And I think that's where we struggle. We struggle with, but I want what I want and I want it now. And so, therefore, God, if, you know, you don't give it to me now, I'm mad because now you're not a God who answers prayers. See, even now society, you're not a God society who, beats us down with that, too. They do. As soon as you said that, then that commercial jingle came into mind. Exactly. That, that J.G. went through. Yeah. It's my money and I want it now. Yes. Really? Call yes. J.G. <laughs> but they do. They beat us across the head with that thought all well, the time. Because the world teaches us to go and get what we want, to take it by any means necessary, and if it, you want it, it's nothing wrong with it. And the fact is that this is part of the conversation we're having tonight, right? Okay, it's okay. You can go do what you want to do. Absolutely, go ahead. But it's not all right, right? It's not all right because um, you're out. You're exercising a, a, a power and an authority that you really, um, as a believer, you shouldn't be exercising in that manner. Um, we trust the power and authority to be God. And that he gives us what we need when we need it. Because God, and that's another thing I wrote here, God is on time. Like, that's the other thing. She was there all day. And she was doing what she was doing. And then right when she was gathering sticks to get ready to go home, here come Elijah show up. And so God is always, we say it all the time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is, right? God is on time all the time, right? We always talk about that, but we don't really have the patience to wait on him. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get ourselves into, into trouble. We, we don't have that patience. We miss our blessing because we're so hasty. Now imagine how she just been like, I, I did enough for the day and I'm going to take these sticks and I'm out. And didn't do what Elijah told her to do, then maybe that that would have happened. But and it was okay because she hungry, her son hungry. Right. She been working, and she know that it's 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 a wrap. It's over. Right, but that but she, but he was the one. Who but God why is it not? Sent. It's not all right. Why? Because he was the chosen one. He was but the he was he was the one that God sent for her to men to to meet for all of that to happen because God knew that he was going to utilize Elijah to do what Elijah did that, for It wasn't even about Elijah. Ex- exactly. It's not all right because it's not godly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He was the one, he was the vessel that was being used. That's all he was. Yeah. And to yeah. do that is not godly. I mean, I got, I have two concepts that I want to pour out there. And I mean, it's the same thing because Jesus was trying to teach us this concept and he was using parables a lot of times to do it. It's the same thing with the uh, man with the talents. Mm-hmm. When the master gives you something. It's not all right. I mean, it's, it's okay for you to do with it what you will. But it wasn't all right to take that and bury it. Right. And then have the mm-hmm. excuse, 
when the master came back, I know you a hard, harsh dude, right. and I didn't want to lose your money, so I buried it so that I can give you back. And then the man was like, you could have at least put it in the bank, and, and I could have had some, some usury. I could have had some, some, <laughs> some something back there, but you didn't do anything. Right. So I'm going to take what I gave you away and give it to the one who did something with what I took, did what I asked them to do. Yes. So it was okay, but it's not all right. And you're not going to receive a reward for doing things that are just okay. And this is a conversation. And listen, this is a conversation you need to have with people when they're making that transition from um, young to old. When I was a child, I thought like a child. But when I became a man, when I became a woman, I put away childish things. And I thought differently. And when you think differently, you're still going from that pedagogical type of that, 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 position where somebody is teaching you mm -hmm. to that now transformation into I can react on my own, but I'm still looking for the wisdom that somebody is going to pour into me so that I can adjust my navigation in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's like when you're raising kids mm -hmm. and they get to that adult status and you have um, taught them and they begin to believe that they have all of the keys to success and they know exactly how to not only navigate, but they can do this thing and possibly in their mind, they can do it better than you. Right, right. And then you just got to sit down because sometimes the the kids, even I'm not talking about the beloved ones, I'm talking about the ones that you just been around you, you've been mentoring, that you've been raising, that you just like, listen, I'm going, I listen to what you said you were about to do and what you're going to do. And you know what, You as the, the sage, you got to play into what they're doing because you don't want their arrogance to turn uh, into pushing you away. And you're gonna, you got to tell them things like, you know what, it's, you know, you're right, you're grown. Mm. It's, it's okay for you to do that. Mm -hmm. It's all, you know, it's it's okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But is that really? I mean, if you let's think about this because it it don't sound good to me. Mm -hmm. Is it? Yeah, you can do it. It's okay. But is it all right? And let me tell you why I don't think it's all right. Right. And they have to understand, and you need to understand, that that, under, that, that piece of, of acknowledgement is in them. And they just need to have somebody help them what, think through a better path sometimes. Because we are coming out of our youth personality development, and we are the most selfish creatures on the planet. Mm-hmm. We don't come out like other creatures where we can take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We come out with needs and we cannot fulfill those needs. And we have to act selfishly in order to get those needs fulfilled. Mm. So now that we are, uh, we need to lose that selfish behavior when we get to be adults. The unfortunate piece is, is that a lot of adults never lose selfish behavior. That's right. They still just like those little birds. If you got five of them in the nest, when you first start looking at it, and then you go back a bit before they fledge, and I know there were five babies in this nest. Why is there just two? Mm -hmm. You know why it's just two? Because those two went into survivor mode and selfish mode, and they looking very, very healthy, and they got rid of everybody they could around them. Well, what do you, I mean, so at the end of the day, the thing about this whole conversation really for me is that um, it brings to mind that that scripture, that Paul scripture, right? That all things are permissible, but everything's not expedient, right? So you can. Well, that was a Sunday scripture for the sermon. 
Right. That was part. That was one of the. That was the first one you used. Yeah. So um, that that scripture to me, in and of itself, is one that um, that speaks so 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 loudly. Right. It's like. Every like literally, you can do anything that you want to do. Like for real, for real, you mm-hmm. can do it. First Corinthians ten. But the expediency of it, in other words, is it all right to do it? Because what does it garner you if you do? Well, we do it because so it feels if you, good. So if you go, but not okay. So let me ask this question. I'm getting ready to hit you with something. So you go out here and you take a gun and you shoot somebody. You can you can do that, but what does that get you? So does that make somebody feel good? Do we want well, to? Yes, we find because out? It, 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 it no. makes you feel good in that particular. Don't me, start. Don't I'm start. I'm not trying. To, yeah, don't be funny, Pastor. <laughs> I'm saying it makes you feel good because in that moment you have gotten rid of what you thought your that hindrance was. So you know, if you're in an emotional state, you go and kill somebody. It's because you have been agitated enough. It felt good in that moment because the person no, no longer there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But then there's a consequence that comes behind it. Right, and not only and the, crimes are only, born. And I was going to say, not only, not only and, and selfishness. Yes. Not only is there a consequence behind it, but more times than not, afterward, what you find out from that individual is what the remorse that comes with Absolutely. it, the guilt that they have to carry. It's like all of the stuff that comes afterward, and I think that this is where we get ourselves in troubles because we don't think ahead. We don't think about if I do this, then this happens. If if I say that, then this will this could happen. And like really think before we move, think before we react, think before we do. Um, I think that. But what about the person who does think and they still go ahead and do it anyway? Well, at that point, then they a person like that to me is someone who decides that, you know, consequences be darn. I don't care. I'm going to just do whatever I want to do because it just is what's going to happen. And they really don't care. I don't think they care. They never get to the all right piece. No, they never. All right, don't mean no. That all right, don't nothing mean nothing to, to me. It means nothing to them. But it's the same thing that you talk about with the widow and the son and Elijah. It's like all these pieces work together, right? God already. That's what's so good about God. He spoke to both people. Mm-hmm. He told them what was going to happen. He gave them just enough information for them to go and be be where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there, so that the connection could happen, right? And that the blessing comes and flows from that. And so for us, I think what we have to be more mindful of is being um, just having an ear to hear. Like Jesus didn't just say that to me, to, in my opinion, just to be putting some words on the paper. You have to have an ear to hear. My sheep know my voice and another they won't follow. You have to know what the Lord is saying to us. Right. And this is, I think, a daily uh, and deliberate and intentional thing of asking the Holy Spirit to help us uh, discern and hear God's voice um, when we are um, going throughout our day so that we can make better choices and, met- and better decisions. And I love the fact that God purposes everything that we do is not for ourselves, but it's for other people, right? And if that's the case, then we have to be mindful of the all right. We have to be mindful of it's not all right. We have to be mindful of it's it's okay, but not all right. We have to be mindful of that. You know why? Because you and your decision, me and my decision, is affecting everybody along the journey. If I'm out of pocket and not doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm affecting somebody else. When we make choices, I tell the kids, we tell the kids this all the time. My mama told me this. I'm passing it on to my kids. At the end of the day, every choice you make in life affects all of us. 
Everybody. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. We grown, absolutely. I'm grown. But even choices I make now will still yet affect the rest of my family. But how do you argue the point with everybody when they come at you, back at you with that, mm -hmm. what you just said, and I want you to speak on this too, like Citra, and they argue toe-to-toe -to -toe with you and tell mm -hmm. you, but I have not done anything wrong. Okay. How do you argue that? And then the fact is, is that they haven't done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. It was okay, but it wasn't all right. Well, I, the, the thing of it is, is that the thing doesn't have to be wrong. The thing has to be beneficial. The thing has to be um, um, led in a way that is... Um, that is, um, what's the word I want to use? Uh, orchestrated by God, right? Now, let me explain what I mean by that. I'm going to use what you said on Sunday, Pastor. You said, okay, we go, to a, we go to a place, right? And we enter into this spot. And when we get there, you say, mm, okay, this is cool. It's nothing wrong with me being there. It's nothing wrong with me entering into the, the, the room where, where we went. It's nothing wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't belong here. I don't belong here. The reason why I don't belong here is because I've been called out of this type of lifestyle. I've been called away from this type of living. I've been called away from that. So, no, it's not wrong. You can do what you want. But the point of the matter is, is that is it all right because you are a child of God, because you are a Christian, because you are um, are held to a different um, standard of life? Like, it's look, I used to go to the clubs all the time. Like for real. Why we got to go through that every every time? Because that's my that. only real thing. So I used to go to the clubs all the time, right? Okay. I used to hang out. Now, with that said though, today you can say somebody could say, Oh, come on, let's go to the club or whatever. And I lit I'm I'm just using this as an analogy. And I can get in the car and go. That's fine. It's nothing wrong with me doing that. And I can get there and once I get there and I get in the door and I look around and I feel like because the Lord has changed my life for me, it's not where I belong. And so for me, it's not all right anymore. It was, it was okay back then when I had different, a uh, different mindset. But now that I, I, I'm, I'm more mature spiritually, um, that, you know, as you grow in Christ, there are certain things that you used to do. Like pastor said, when I was a child, I thought like a child There's certain things that you just don't do anymore. For me, that's one of them. I don't, I don't choose to do that anymore. I don't belong there anymore. You see what I'm saying? So that's how I would, if I had to argue that point, no, it's not wrong that you went, but you don't belong there. Well, I, you know, I was going to say, talk about that song. My life is not my own. Isn't that? Yes. My Long, I give is it give myself away? McDowell, William McDowell. Um, I love that song. That's a very cool song. Mm -hmm. You know that our, our like you said earlier, and the first lady and I just had a conversation about this a couple. Of, I guess what we used to go about that the decisions we do make do affect other people. Um, I'm not. I'm what I'm not saying is don't live your life, but you do under, You have to understand that your life isn't your own. Mm -hmm. That you are going to. We are all connected together. And so the decisions that we make, the choices that we make, do overwhelmingly affect the people that you are around. Mm -hmm. And you may not think in that particular moment because, you know, I want to be here, that it's not affecting anyone. At least I don't think it's affecting anyone. And you, like the pastor just said, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm 
the thing is, is it starts to erode at certain things when you are not addressing that what decision I make is affecting someone. Mm-hmm. I, and, and it's, you know what, sometimes you don't see it instantly, mm-hmm. but then you'll start to see things, the dynamics will start to shift. Things will start to happen. And you will say to yourself that, you know what, this life that I have, I have to realize that it is connected to my brother and sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so these decisions I'm making, someone is going to be affected by it. And yeah, but, be selfish. Hold on a second. And also for, for y'all, let's, let's comment on this thing, piece right here. Because people will always start talking, and as um, soon as you start really putting things back to them, is that God does not want you to seek your own. Right. But you must seek for other people. Right. And then here is the, the this is what you get in the church a lot. Mm-hmm. You're being judgmental. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, you hear that all the time. You're just being judgmental, and I'm getting tired of it um, because I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not hurting anybody, and I just need to go ahead and do what is making me feel good. And every time I try to do something that's going to be um, beneficial to me, you want to try to correct my behavior so I'm not to be thinking about everybody else. Well, I don't really have a whole lot of time and energy and effort to be thinking about everybody else because I'm too busy thinking about, whoa, my own behind. And you just saying, listen, no, that's not the way the Lord will have you because everything has to be done to seek the glory of God, mm-hmm. to give God glory and to get people saved. And you can't get nobody saved when you're saving only yourself. Come on in if the room. You're just saving you. How are you saving somebody? What else? Well, that's the thing. And then judgment. That I, that I'm getting ready to get back uh-huh. to you. They always want to talk to the, the stuff about you just being judgmental. Yeah, no. I, I don't like that. A couple of things I could say to um, respond to that and to tie in what the licentiate last said, which is we, the word of God also tells us that we should not be doing anything that will cause another sister or brother to stumble. Mm, yes. So there in and of itself should be why we should be mindful of the things we do, the things we say. And Y'all can find behave. all this in first Corinthians, the whole 10th chapter. Amen. And then, the word also tells us to try the spirit by the spirit. Mm. It tells us that for a reason, because there are certain things that I recognize. There are certain spirits that I used to be drawn to certain spirits that I, I danced out in the world with when I was not as saved as I am today um, or spiritually mature. I should say, as I am today, there were certain spirits back then that today when that spirit is in my presence, I recognize that thing. Like when you sit with a spirit long enough, you recognize that spirit, right? And when you recognize that spirit, you have determined because you know that spirit ain't good for you. That spirit is not good for you to be around. That spirit has, you know, a tendency to want to attach itself to you. Listen, at the end of the day, when I see spirits like that, I say, "Mm -mm, I know you been been around you before. You ain't the one for me. And this is how you are able to walk away and decide that you don't want to be in the presence of that spirit. It's it's about the word of God saying that the heart is the wellspring of life and that we have to be watchful. We have to be on guard and we have to be alert. I have to we have to protect our anointing. The word of God tells us that bad company corrupts good behavior. So, yeah, it's it's about making these choices to choose wisely um, who we sit in, in the council of. Hello? What is that? Psalm or Proverbs? 
the first chap the first one. Yeah, I'm, I'm right? still tripping on. I'm not tripping on, but I'm, I'm concentrating on what you just said. How do you protect your anointing? I, because I don't. I try when I say protect it. I mean it in a sense of um, certain spiritual um, things that I know that I've been around before that I know are not good for me. Would now I tied it in with the bad company corrupts good behavior piece. I I'm not sitting in around that. I'm so you protecting the that. environment, the atmosphere. Of course. Okay. Yeah. So your, you know, and like a, like the word says is that your heart is the wellspring of life, right? And so you have to do what you have to do in order to. It, let, I keep saying this: if bad company corrupts good behavior, then that means that it's it has something a little bit more powerful to me than good company uh, changing over or what does the word say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and um, you know. I mean, don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That tug of the world is strong, right? So you have to make choices, and it's not about judging anybody because judgment is you hit the gavel and you say you are condemned to hell. Nobody said that to you. Nobody can say that's that to you. That's right. right. And nobody that's, can. That exactly. don't belong to nobody. Exactly. Right. That's judgment. And so nobody's saying that to anybody because only that power belongs to God. So at the end of the day, um, it tells us too that we'll know you by your fruit. It's just there are so many scriptures that support the fact that nobody's being judgmental, but the scripture is telling us beware, be watchful, and be on guard. And you just have to just know um, what don't throw your pearls before, before swine. swine. Come on now. Go I, ahead. I, I was just going to say because you said a lot there, firstly. Which I is know, powerful. right? I'm so but I was going to say, uh, you know, that flattery gets us in trouble. Because what you said about the spirits, spirits prey on what you're, I guess, what you're, what you feel like you're lacking. So if they feel that they can get it in, that's how they're going to get you. And that's how the flattery begins to pull you into that web. Mm -hmm. The enemy is very cunning. It's yeah. like, we have, we have to know that it's, that's how it happens. So if you're not, again, if you're around uh, people with a bad <laughs> behavior and you're not, you know, in your word and you're praying, you're easily going to be easily influenced by the flattery because the flattery is what at that moment is what you need, but you're not headed down the wrong pathway. And uh, back to the point about the judgment. But is it, can you hold your thought for two seconds? Yes. Cause I said this on Sunday that you didn't hear. And to okay. your point about the <laughs> enemy being cunning. Here we go. Here we go. All right, baby. Woo! Look at this face, y'all. Look at this face, y'all. I was in a serious uh, thought process. Look no, I remember you said judgment. You'll remember. You said judgment. But real quick to your point about the enemy being cunning. I, and I said um, I said this on Sunday during Sunday school. The enemy you uses the same tricks. He don't have to change the, the, the tricks up. Right, I always say what the 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 game is the the game is the same. The players just are different. The enemy keeps getting us with the same tricks over and over again. So he don't have to come up with nothing creative. He don't have to come up with nothing new. This is this is right. What I was going to say about the judgment piece is that I think we get so consumed about thinking that people are judging us, which people typically, some of them are, but most of them are not really caring about necessarily what you're doing. It's your own conviction that knows that you're not doing something right that make you feel as though people are judging you because you're saying to yourself, I really shouldn't be there in the first place. So now I'm thinking around me, oh, someone's judging me. That's what I was going to say about the judgment piece. Mm -hmm. uh, so. It's not that someone's judging you. You are feeling convicted. Mm -hmm. 
that you should not be in this particular situation. So what you're now saying, when someone says something, oh, you're just, no, it's because you and your heart knows I'm not supposed to be seated where I am. And that's what I'm talking about, the spirits. And I agree with you, the enemy hasn't, the enemy's been playing the same game for a very long time. Uh, but it seems that we all fall prey to the same types of tricks all the time. If you are dealing with something, uh, I was going to use an analogy today about alcohol, but we were talking about how it affects people. Mm -hmm. Okay, you say you have one drink, and someone says, you know, you shouldn't be drinking. Oh, you're judging me. No, I'm not judging you, but I'm thinking if you're in my family, I'm thinking to myself, you keep drinking like that, you're going to have some liver issues down mm -hmm. line, and then now we have to now make sacrifices to take care of you mm -hmm. because you have to go to the doctor. That's what I'm talking about when we're talking about these examples, how you affect others. Mm -hmm. That was just one example. I'm just saying when you're making decisions and choices, you have to understand that it all does affect us and the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's not that someone is judging you. Mm -hmm. It's that you, when you are starting to feel that someone is, it's because God is convicting you to move out of that lane. Conviction is, um, is a hard pill to swallow. Absolutely. It's difficult. And the enemy certainly knows enough about you and me. Um, to know what to tempt us with and to know um, what is going to get us um, just enough, uh, far enough down the road that we get away from where we should be. I mean, it's the same thing with Adam and Eve in the garden. At the end of the day, he sprinkles, he tried to do the same stuff with Jesus in the wilderness. He sprinkles just enough truth in it to make it sound like it's right. Um, but yet, you know, when you don't know, like Jesus knew the word, right? When you don't know yeah, okay, mm -hmm. it said that, but this is what it. This is what the word of God says, that man shall not what, live by bread alone. Like, you come at him like that. It's pastor's point, connect these dots, we have to, right? Like pastor said, you got to resist. The word of God says, resist the devil and he will flee. Mm -hmm. But you got to be, as pastor told us in that sermon two weeks ago now, that um, at the end of the day, you have to have a, um, a plan. You got to have a distraction that's going to be able to help you. Um, and, and the Lord also told us that he will provide for us a way of escape, right? So you think about it as when you're sitting on a plane, right? You look at, what do they tell you? The stewardesses tell you what the exits can be in front of you. They can be on the, to your right or to your left, or they can be behind you. But take notice of all of them so that when the enemy comes and tries to get you sucked in, know which way to go because those exit signs will be illuminated because God promised that, and I believe him. Mm, amen. So <clears throat> what shall we say to these things? Mm. Amen. If God be for us, That's right. who can be against us? It is okay for you to do basically anything and everything. This issue came up in the marketplace where they were eating meat that was sacrificed to idols. Um, if I'm hungry, you can sacrifice it to whatever you want to. It's still just a blessing of, of, of sustenance. And um, I'm not going to be um, consumed by the fact that you acting foolish about the stuff. But I also have to be wary and understanding of Everybody that's around me and the people that I need to be representative of a great example because we are all ambassadors of Christ. Uh, I'm an ambassador of Christ. You're an ambassador of Christ. Right. Everybody's position equally important to getting other folk to come on board mm -hmm. to eternity. Everything we do is seasoned with love and 
the inclusiveness that is required to get people to join in with us at all cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we don't join, we don't want folks to join in because we want to have large armies of Christians running around. We want folks to join in with us because we want people to be able to have an eternal existence mm-hmm. with God. That's the only reason. And that um, is a effort that we need to be undertake it at all times so yeah it may be okay to do a lot of things it may be okay something I mean, the world teaches you is okay to be selfish because selfish people are healthier selfish people are wise or selfish people are um in the better positions in the um job and they have all of these great things and sometimes it's good just to go ahead and be as selfish as you possibly can but you should not have it in your mind that that is the only motivating uh, factor of empowerment you have there is empowerment in taking care of somebody else mm. and that means it must be all right to put somebody above you and somebody out in front of you um, and so that they may begin to prosper and even if they're not going to be able to prosper to the extent that you are at least they can taste and see mm-hmm. most of the time folk just need a taste and if it's your job to give them a taste and let them look, then do that. And if you don't have the capacity to, to, to take the long haul, let somebody else do that part. But give enough of a taste that they want some more. Mm-hmm. Let them see enough of God so they're interested in seeing some more. Mm-hmm. Don't always make it um, just okay. Make it all right. You can make this thing all right. You can make it all right. You can make a lot of things all right. And it ain't all about material issues as well. There are a lot of people in life that have been very, very um, crazy, wicked, and evil. But I always try to find the royalty in that person. I always try to find the excellence in that individual. I always try to find how God is being um, um, examined in their soul. Their soul is examining um, God because they are an inheritance. That's right. They are a royal people. They are a priesthood. They are incredible in God's sight. And if anybody's incredible in God's sight, you are all right with me. Mm-hmm. You are all right with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not willing just to do everything okay. Sometimes okay ain't good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it all righteously for you. So at this point, we're going to give it back over to our first lady, let her um, speak up a couple things and then get us out of here. I don't think you talked about our merch today. I did. Did you? Yes. I missed my merch um, comment. You got anything else um, left over there? Uh, Mr. Uh, got other important things to do on Sunday? Oh, so much for the judgment. Oh, Mm-hmm. See, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. It was just a great conversation today. It, uh, he didn't know folk were looking for him. He, he, he didn't know he had to spread his love on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why, you know, I, as we were talking today, conviction happens because you really know that you have to be around. Uh, your life is not your own. And that's all I have to say. Amen. <laughs> anyway. Thank y'all so much for joining us in the studio on tonight. Listen, let me just leave you with this. He's talking in the mic and his mic is still hot. Did y'all hear that? No. I did. First of all, I was not talking in the microphone. <laughs> yeah, you did. No one. First of we all. We can always rewind the tape. 
What happened? Uh, firstly, I know you were going to try to do something right now. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, thank you all so much for joining us in the studio. And I'm going to leave you with this thought. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Exalt somebody else today, and especially exalt our Lord and Savior in all that you do. God bless you. We thank you so much. We love you. It's me, your Jesus loving Jersey girl. And for the licentiate and the pastor. <laughs>